and here we go. We are live. So today on Lifestyle Medicine, we've got Chad Herendine. So Chad, thank you for, for doing this interview, first of all, man. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, you bet. So Chad is, how long have you been doing the endurance training stuff? You've been doing it for how many years now? I was trying to think of that. It's probably nine. Yeah, with, so it's, uh, it's a bit. Yeah, good. But there there were some years in there with uh, where I was broken and I had to become unbroken. You mean in terms of physical injury? Correct, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And how old are you now? I'm 50. 50, yeah. Look damn good for 50. So <laughs> it must be do- yeah, it must be doing something right for you. Yeah, good lighting. Yeah. <laughs> well, so originally, Chad, when I wanted to talk to you, it was a I had a few things that were running through my mind and it was just in the past when we've talked about the endurance training scene. I think what struck me was the mindset um, first of all, that you have to get into to do these kinds of things, and then the physicality of the training and you know what happens to your body and the diet. I think with any kind of endurance performance activity, at least for me, my mind goes to a bunch of different places of what has to happen in the psyche and the body of a person to do this kind of thing, you know, to get them um, primed and ready for it, I guess, and then just the driving force of like what has kind of made you get to this point so we had talked a little bit about that you know the origin story essentially of how you got into this stuff i think that's worth hearing (laughs) yeah well it was i don't know it's almost a cliche i was running through an airport i was i don't know what i was probably about two 225 227 how tall Uh, how tall are you just so we have a five eight okay oh that's 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 pretty sizable for you for your frame yeah and and I was, you know, trying to connect connect my to a flight, and and my heart's pumping out of my chest, and I'm dragging my bags behind me. I'm like, how did I get here? Like, who is this guy? <laughs> and my flight was delayed six hours, so I had six hours to think about how I got there and mm. what it meant. And I didn't know what to do. My my mom and her her sweet kind way had been concerned about me, but I don't think she knew how to voice it. So <clears throat> she knew my dad had had a triple bypass, you know, my, uh, her, um, and her family, there's also some heart disease. Um, since my dad had his triple bypass, my grandfather had had a triple bypass. My uncle's had stints. It's, uh, my, my dad's, uncle died at 52 from a heart attack mm. his other uncle died at i think 52 from the stroke or heart attack oh, I see. so all this stuff's like rushing to your brain and i had at that time i had three kids and uh and i was feeling like maybe i'm not gonna you know what if i only have till i'm 52 right and there's a little bit of fear involved um, but I didn't know quite what to do. And I was back to my mom had given me this book uh, by Dean Ornish, right, reversing heart disease that he'd mm-hmm. started back in the '80s. And really, I didn't dive into it. I I kind of fingered through it, and I saw one thing that stood out to me because I'd had my cholesterol done not too long before that, and it was in the mid 230s. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you don't eat any animal products. You won't consume any additional cholesterol. Your body will make cholesterol 
but you're not going to add any to it. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. So, of course, I like, as I do all things, I go all in with everything I have. <laughs> to, yeah. And, and I don't do half measures very well. I don't do moderation well at all. Mm-hmm. So all in or all out. And I decided to try being vegan for 30 days. And and I did, and I was a junk food vegan. It was potato chips and pasta and yeah. all the fake meat products and everything I could. But after 30 days, I lost 12 pounds. Yeah. And I felt a lot better, and I had a higher energy. And I'm like, wow. And I celebrated with steak and eggs. And, <laughs> and then I'm like, well, I can just be vegetarian. But you know what you can have a lot of when you're vegetarian is cheese pizza. Yeah. And I just would... And I just, it was like that, it, it just didn't matter as long, if I didn't right. kind of have that, those rules for myself. So I made a decision a few months later to be vegan and, and it worked for me and my cholesterol numbers dropped and my doctor was looking at him saying, what are you doing? This is crazy. And I told him, and he was vegetarian, so he kind of got yeah. it, but it was a little extreme to go vegan. And what was this? Was, this was actually probably 12 years ago because I did a good two and a half years of um, being vegan before I even started running. So you were late 30s at this point? Right. Okay. Right. So I guess I'd only had two kids when I became vegan, three when I started running. Okay. And and then, you know, I always got shin splints when I tried to run. I'd never run more than six miles. I'd only done that twice in my life. And I, you know, I was a pole vaulter in high school. I mean, I was an athletic kid. I was always doing sure. something. And here I am, uh, about I guess I was forty-one, mm-hmm. and I went out for a one-mile run, and it felt good. And the rest was just like it's longer, farther, harder, and you know. And I read this thing probably a month into my running endeavor about these ultra marathons and I hadn't done a marathon yet. I hadn't done a half marathon yet. I had done one 5k and I was already like, I could run hundred miles. Why couldn't I run hundred miles? <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> I can do this. I've had a morsel. I can do something massively huge. Of course I made the mistake. Well, mistake and not mistake. I read born to run, which so many people have. Yeah. And of course you think when you read that book, you think I need minimal shoes. Right. I need to run like I'm barefoot. Right, that's the barefoot book, right? They're talking about the the, the, yeah, pe- would, the people that r- run like many many miles, but with very little on their feet. Correct. It's really how you interpret it. I think mm. the that wasn't what the story was about. That's what a lot of people gleaned from it. Mm. And and people that, especially people that are ultra runners, typically have a bit of an obsessive personality, right? Yeah. To be able to do that, commit to that, sure. And so I jacked myself really good with, with just not just doing too much too soon. Mm-hmm. But I guess a year later, I did my first marathon. And, and then a year after that, I started preparing for my first ultra. I signed up for a 50 miler and I moved back to California at that point. And I, it, it's over in San Martin and it's just this little two-mile loop course. And I'm like, it's perfect. Every two miles, I'll have an aid station. Right. I don't have to get freaked out. It's going to be right. good. And, it was great. and the community was amazing. The people are great. Uh, the, 
it's it's very different. That's there's not a real competitive edge to it. Uh, it's everybody supporting each other. Right. A loving community of, of athletes. That's cool. And there, yeah, ultra runners are all shapes and sizes and backgrounds and and they all come together for this this passion that they have. I got obsession. I got to ask one question. When you say all shapes and sizes, are you saying there are like larger framed runners, like big big guys? There are. Yeah, there are. And how do they? I mean, just logistically, like I always, I in my at least in my mind, I always think of runners sort of like you that are like lean and tight and super fit. How does that? How do they? I mean, I just like in terms of just the logistical physicality of that. How do bigger people run that long without their bodies just taking, you know, excessive stress? Yeah, there. I, I I feel like when you you run farther, you run with less intensity. Mm. You no no one runs a hundred miles without walking some of it. Uh-huh. I mean the the elites are going to stop and walk the hill that they can't charge up after at mile eighty nine. Right? It's like no matter who you are, you're going to engage in some walking. Right. And and sometimes these folks just go out at a really easy jog. Eventually, though, they, they they either trim down or change their diet and end up trimming down. Because that's what I think we we mostly can agree where diet's concerned that or about where our body composition is concerned that it's eighty percent diet. Mm-hmm. What we put in or how we put it in. Right. Agreed. And then when when we figure that out, the magic bullet is the the training. Whatever that training, whether, whether it's a hit class or it's ultra running or five right. Ks, whatever you're doing, that's the magic sauce at the end. Right. And that's what it was for me. Wow. Would you? So at this stage right now, just to give you know the listeners kind of context, is it you know the endurance stuff that you do? It's it's just endurance marathons, right? It's just it's running. Is it like your primary endurance focus, or are you doing other things also? Oh, I that's right now. I'm just running. I mean, I've done I. I did a triathlon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not great on the bike. I hate to swim, so you know. But I kicked ass at the running. That was great. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, it was fun. And then I do Spartans and those the obstacle races. I really enjoy those. What is the what's the Spartans? Because I've heard that, but I'm not completely. There, it, the, there's a whole uh, series of races that are obstacle course races, and. They're they're huge. They're great. They get everybody involved. From again, doesn't matter your age, your size, your weight. Anybody can do them. You, if you fail on an obstacle, you have a, like a consequence. Like you're doing burpees or push-ups or whatever it may oh, be. Okay. Sometimes you're just running through the mud, crawling under barbed wire, and carrying a big bucket full of stones. But it's it's all it's all good and it's fun. I try to. Always try to challenge myself, so I'll sign up and go out with the big boys and yeah. girls and and see see how I do. And you know, I do okay. I mean, I'm I'm no elite. I'm you know, I used to joke that I'm a bit of a duffer as far as you know running's concerned. I just go out and I do, but I do better than average, and uh, I actually get a little bit better as I get older. Maybe because I started later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can be a little more competitive in my age group. But, oh, that uh, makes sense. So, and and I hope to actually be able to put more time and energy 
to my running and be a little bit more competitive. But but I look at this as this long term goal. I'm not I'm not stuck in today or tomorrow or next week. Right. What about when I'm 60? I'm 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 going to be placing first in my age group. That's where my head's at. Right. You know, maybe not at 51 or 52, or maybe I will. Yeah. I, it's a, so. That's a good place to be. I mean, it's a good attitude to have. It's it's pretty present in terms of just you're keeping your eye on the ball here and now. What's you know what's right. what's on your plate, which is pretty cool. Um, with so with the training, I've got I've got questions. So g- going from you know someone who was at the time very out of shape, and you were confronted with more or less a, a health crisis of sorts, where you knew the kind of genetic lineage and the imprint that you could be going down if you didn't change some things. So once you made the decision to shift gears and actually start doing this and going down this road and really actively pursuing it, what were, I guess, what were the biggest hurdles in the beginning? You, you had mentioned that you were broken for a number of years and you had some very, sounds like very real injuries. Um, so if, if that, if those were the hurdles, I would love to hear about them. But if, if there were more outside of that too, what were the things that like, what came up first? Like, it's because it's a sizable stress to put the body, you know, to do this kind of thing. So, what came up uh, in the beginning stages of of this process? Well, there's there's people that are probably outliers that can go out and they can just go out and they can do a hundred mile race and they can kick ass at it and they and do really well. And uh, usually, those people are in their 20s mm-hmm. sometimes you'll find them a little a little later they still have that that kind of lifelong fitness if they've been active that long right what i found is for most people we do too much too fast like i i was training for a marathon before i'd done a half marathon you know it was that type of thing oh i see and and as as you know i know in, in your training in your studies in your life you know that tendons and ligaments and connective tissues take years to actually thicken and become strong enough right. to, act, to really support the activities as we uh, apply more, whether it be endurance or strength or, sure. or focus. So I think that's where my, my failing is, you know, I wasn't patient. I wasn't looking at, I was looking at, well, this is what I need right now. So that's what I needed at that time mm-hmm. because I, I, it's funny, I lived in upstate New York at the time and though it's beautiful and my family's there and it's wonderful, there, there is, uh, you get some of that seasonal effect, is that what it's called, seasonal effect disorder or something? Seasonal affective disorder, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I was in the midst of that hardcore in the winter times. Because you're indoors, and, right? You're, I mean, you're indoors all the time. Just all the time. No sun. Yeah. And when I started running, I wasn't indoors. I didn't care if it was 20 degrees out. I was running. <laughs> right, you're just right? like, I'm fucking outside. Finally. That's right. <laughs> Snowshoeing or right, whatever. Right. And and I remember that day that because I was I was feeling very depressed in my life in general, regardless of the season, even mm-hmm. with my my beautiful kids to you know enchant my life i still had that that underlying depression and i saw i remember the moment that changed is i was taking i always did a two-mile walk at lunch every day for years uh as a ritual as a meditation 
And I, I looked up and it was snow colored, covered trees and a red cardinal. And I oh, felt wow. that smile just come across my face, like that acknowledgement of yeah. the beauty yep. uh, and the connection. Yeah. And it's like, it's like right then I just knew that things had changed for me. Yeah. And it, and it was all because of how I had changed inside and, and outside yeah. and what I was doing. So I knew I was on the right path. Cardinal medicine, man. Yeah. Cardinal medicine. Yeah, that's great. Those moments are nice when they when they happen, when the kind of the internal terrain aligns with an external moment like that. You know, like there's some there's a click there where the inside and outside um, link up. It's wonderful when it happens. You know, it's really amazing. Well, that's very cool. So, okay, so you have this turning point um, in terms of you said the depression was 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 real, um, and that was like a piece of kind of what you were going through. So then with those, with those hurdles, was it, um, were there more than that? You know, was that kind of, that was that turning point kind of like things started to get smoother sailing from that point or was it? They did. I mean, I had, I had other life problems, uh, sure. relationship problems. My previous marriage was, you know, was fall had fallen apart or was in the process of falling apart. Mm-hmm. And with, within all that, me being able to run, saved my sanity yeah that yeah that physical that mind-body connection it's amazing how many people are able to do something when, when life you know shit hits the fan and there's just problems across the board right whether it's depression or relationships it's amazing what vigorous exercise will do for the spirit you know just it, right you, you move it you circulate it, you get your blood moving the endorphins kick up and then you're you know, you're a leg up, or at least you're you're better off. You know, you're not as um, as depleted or as tired as you once were. So let's talk about that a little bit, because I'm always this is always kind of the thing I, I I'm always inquiring about people that are, I would say, athletic or that are using their body physically and challenging it physically. What what so the depression shifted? Um, what else changed? Like in terms of you doing this very challengingly challenging physical activity. What also was starting to shift? You know, was it was it mindset? Was it, um, you know, was it just the like the physicality of getting in shape? Like, what else was kind of shifting that was improving and making things better? There, yeah, a series of things. One, one is you look in the mirror and you start to like who you see, yeah. and you like you like that person physically, but you also like that person mentally. Mm-hmm. You like the person that you see who actually committed something to something and followed through with it. Right. You like the person that gets up at five every morning or stays up after the kids go to bed and goes on a seven mile run in the snow. You're like you appreciate yourself. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe there's some ego involved. I don't, I think it's less ego though than, than a satisfaction of self that was missing. And a confidence of self too, right? Like in the yeah. self. Yeah. Right. Yourself. You feel like you look better. You get to buy some new clothes. Sure. There's a, there's definitely a, a broken spirit when you have a broken body. Mm. When it's broken. Not, not necessarily when you're recovering because yeah. you ran too hard. But sure. when, when I was overweight and I was out of shape and I was out of breath, you mm-hmm. know, you know, trying to play with my kids in the backyard you have a broken spirit mm-hmm. and to heal the body and heal the mind, you, you heal the, heal the spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's what you see when you see, 
look in the the mirror. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean that's exactly it. I mean that's the I think that's the crux for a lot of the the physical um implementation when there's like you said I mean that link is is pretty much there and it's nice because it's like a it's a Dutch door, you know, it's a two-way right. kind of street, you know, which is wonderful and amazing. Thank God it's not just one way. You know, like you can only get out this way. It's like you can really pull the body and do some things um across the board. The question I'm always kind of wondering about with these endurance things is that, you know, I, people that I know who run, they talk about the runner's high and they talk about, you know, the endorphins kick up and, you know, your body's going through this process. But at least for me, conceptually, like I'm not a long distance runner. It's not the like physical activity that I've done um, in the past. So the way I've at least conceptually thought about it is that like, okay, 26 mile run, right? Like you're going to get a runner's high at some point, but then it, it ends, right? Like it's 26 miles right. and it ends. But like, what does that look like in say a 50 mile run or 75 or a hundred when people are doing this, what does the runner high come and go or does it stay? Like, what does that look like? And does you kind of like, I guess, talk a little bit about that and then what your body goes through the ups and downs during the duration of a long run or race like what happens like what happens to your body yeah so uh, there is i think a misconception about the runner's high it took years from my best friend he's a he he's a meditation teacher Mm -hmm. he he's been meditating for all of the 30 years i've known him and he i tell him that running's my meditation he said oh you just like the runner's high like no dude it's you know I'm, I'm and he would just give me crap all the time yeah and it's, you know at first you get runners high two miles and you're good and you're like oh that's great oh you get a little endorphins and you're buzzing afterwards but mm-hmm. you know it takes longer and longer to get it and then when you get it it's not it does not last as long as an endurance event yeah and you, you're right you do you have your ups and downs and occasionally it comes back and sometimes that's just delirium uh-huh. that you're, you know you've been up for 20 hours and right. you're certain, i see bunnies that's always my hallucination on, on the other side of the the trail Whoa. time time out <laughs> so you've actually genuinely hallucinated oh yeah oh you, no shit so you actually yeah. <laughs> that's amazing oh yeah you have you oh there's some great i i, I know people that tell these great stories about their hallucinations of mine though are always bunnies and they, they almost always have been and i don't know why and i totally believe it in the mo- moment and i just see these little tiny bunnies by the side of the the trail i'm like oh baby bunnies what are they doing <laughs> that's oh my god that's hilarious and then i realize i'm hallucinating <laughs> that's hilarious Oh my god okay so full blown so that's interesting right hallucinations can kick up during these long yeah, you're, you're over overly tired i mean i'm i'm the guy out there for 24 to 30 hours on a 100 mile run i'm not the guy out there for 16 winning the thing right so right, right. so it's uh so uh, i'm a little more sleep deprived right okay so okay so hallucinations are a part of it and then what about um the pain the physicality and the pain of what because I'm, I'm what I'm most fascinated by this process, and like I, you know, like I want to extract from you is, so you know, mind over matter. Yes, we are all are familiar with this idea, especially in the terms of athletics and physicality and things. But what kind of pain does your body go through when you're doing a long endurance run like this? 
For me, the most painful part is generally my feet. They mm. just they start to ache, and they ache to to where you just want to stop, like you can't run anymore, and you have to make a deal with yourself. And so you're in a constant negotiation. Mm-hmm. There's never been an endurance event I haven't, I haven't done a ton. I mean, like as far as races, I've done yeah. a lot of endurance events, like right. you, know, you know, whether it be fifty mile hikes or run hikes type mm-hmm. of thing, things like that. But that's the I'm negotiating myself. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to run 50 steps. I'm going to walk 50 steps. I'm going to run 50 steps. And then suddenly you get that fifth or sixth wind, and suddenly your body, maybe those endorphins are kicking in again. Your body's not feeling it. You're you're doing a slow jog. You do you know you're running. Yep. And then it goes back. You're like, oh, you think you're over the hump? Yeah. Yeah. You got 18 miles to go, and you're like, it's the fucking hardest 18 miles you've ever run in your life you feel like crawling you just want to stop and you know you can you know you can quit anytime you want especially on those loop courses where you're kind of coming i can go to that aid station i can just stop yeah and then you have to figure out how not to like what because what what is why not why not stop you can come back and do it another day right what there's nothing there's nothing technically stopping you it's like okay, I paid a hundred bucks for the race, but you know it's only a hundred bucks. It's like if some good good sleep and you know <laughs> some ice bath would, would be a lot better right now. Right, but there's something. There's the reward at the end that is so powerful when you finish. Yeah. When you cross that finish line, you know that you've accomplished something that you weren't sure that you were going to be able to do. And maybe it's even more rewarding when you knew how badly you wanted to quit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, I think that's the, that's the kicker, right? In the end, it's like, what are we really doing here? It's like, it's not just an endurance activity because it seems like there's a payoff, right? It's like the spirit payoff. It's like, what are we really doing here? There seems like we're actually, this, the, the trade-off is the spirit upliftment. It seems like right. kind of what you're talking about, right? It's like, yeah, I'm physically in shape and yes, because in theory, right, you could run, let's say you were doing 50 miles, right? And you ran 30. It's like, You've definitely gotten your workout for the day, right? You know, right. like you've def or the day and a half, whatever, however long it takes you. So at that point, it's like, what are we really dealing with? And it's like, yeah, we're kind of dealing with spirit tonification, you know, spirit yeah. upliftment, spirit building, which is pretty cool. I mean, that seems like a, a pretty reasonable thing to want to come into contact with. And I'm assuming that's a big driving piece, right? It's not just the, the like, I'm in shape. It's like, no, it is. I, it's hard to describe, but there's something about being in in your own body when it feels broken and worn down when, and worn out, when you feel every twinge of every muscle yeah, and you, and you feel every drop of sweat and you feel your thirst immensely. Mm-hmm. And to be that connected with self, it's, I don't know... It's a sacrifice. It's a pil- pilgrimage. It's it's yeah. self exploration. It's all yep. these things. You're I I never feel more connected to myself than when I'm out on a trail on a very very long run. Yeah, you're not the first person to say something to that effect. I've heard very similar things with people that do um, endurance type training, and then also people that are just deeply physical. You know, with their with right. their with their bodies if they're doing some kind of 
um, training like this. Like that's just that's one of the things that people are sort of looking for, and that, and that they're wanting to to build and experience more of as they go through. So, okay, so the physical pain, your your feet. Um, in terms of running, so if you do this and you go through these events and you've run, you know, fifty miles, let's. What happens after? Like after you've run that long, and when you finally stop, I mean, you, the spirit euphoria you're talking about is that I've done this. Oh my God, this is amazing. The spirit is uplifted for sure. But then does your body just essentially give you the biggest like fuck you? And does everything just start to crumple? Like what happens after the race? The, well, it depends on the distance. I mean, I can. Yeah do a 50k and it's not a big deal and i can go i can go for a run the next day mm-hmm. if i want i usually give myself a little time 50 miles a little more intense um 100 milers i've only done a couple and i i wasn't even fully prepared for them mm-hmm. and but i i went and i did them and uh, i felt pretty broken after the, my first one because mm-hmm. I, I said, I'm going to kick it in this last 100 yards. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to like go balls out. Because I'm like, I'm walking the last 12 miles mostly. Like, just, right. You know, walk, jog, walk, jog. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then that, last, that last 100 yards, I just felt something tweak like right behind my knee and my, um, it was probably upper gastroc. Mm. And, and I was, limping for weeks so oh, really yeah so that was that was just because i had all of this you know tension and trauma and probably before i was ready for it like i'd only been running a year and a half probably at that point mm-hmm. like when i did it so so there there i was broken for a while i think i go out there now and very pretty confidently and just push through and I'd a couple days rest and I'd be able to go out and do a jog your body you know adapts that's the interesting part to me and then it sounds like even as you've done this right your body has become more resilient not less through this Correct. process yeah. right I mean even as you've gotten older I mean that's kind of remarkable when you think about it that's that sort of defies um, the trend in a sense you know like like we get weaker as we get older and it's like well actually your body's become more resilient because you put it under a certain amount of stress for a number of years, you know, right? Which is pretty. What, cool. was, you know, what was interesting about that one? So I did that race, and I was kind of I had that lingering injury, mm-hmm. and then on New Year's I <clears throat> wanted to go out and do a New Year's Day run, and I got about five miles in, and I tweaked that same point in my leg, uh-huh. and it lasted months. So I was on and off running, and. And I didn't know how to heal it. And then I went and I did, excuse me for a sec. Yeah, yeah, no worries. <clears throat> I went and I did Mount Whitney with a group of people. And we did kind of run, run, hike it. And, and I thought, wow, it actually feels better. And so I started doing a lot more hiking. And I started going, meeting up with people and I'd go and I'd, do with you know some peak bagging so you just go find a high peak and you just charge up it that day do mm-hmm. a little loop and then and the more i did that the more i healed so i really what it did was it gave me that that intensity and that of that of effort 
and that challenge, but it slowed me down. So right. I, was, I wasn't right. putting the same impact into it. Right. So it's like cross-training more or less, right? I mean, you're, right. you're still doing a difficult um, activity that's still kind of in the same spectrum, but you're doing it in a more moderate way. And it seems okay. like that, and that was actually therapeutic for, for the body. Exactly. Do you still, so given that, right? Like the way I always see it is like, it's all a learning curve, right? With this kind of stuff, especially you're learning your body, you're learning your, your limits. Would you say that that's still a rhythm that you sort of implement now? Is that one of your healing tools that if you're feeling stressed from running, do you hike instead? Do you, do, do you kind of interplay between those two or does it, how do you I don't use know if it? I, I don't know if I would, I hike so much as I just find something else to do or yeah. I, do less but i haven't been in that situation again right so, you know why I, I took i don't i mean i took a number of kind of number of years off not completely 100 percent, but there were months i didn't run at all and i changed a lot i changed a lot of what i was eating because mm-hmm. i went back to being an omnivore and i went back to being vegan i went back to being an omnivore okay and I went back to being a vegan, and some of that has to do with the blood work that I did, my my numbers, and and some of it just how I feel best. Mm-hmm. But I know how my body responds to certain foods. And I know everybody's different. Yep. And for me, if I you know don't do any dairy, I don't do any sugar, I don't do any animal products, I feel unbreakable i'm not but i feel unbreakable right I yeah mean, I, I know i am breakable but sure there I, I recover so much more quickly um and sugar was the the key this last time just i just they've been going going bursts bursts of a few weeks without sugar at a time in any form whatsoever yeah and, and when you say no sugar, are you say, so does that mean no fruit of any kind or just no processed sugar? True. Just no, Nothing, pro, no, no processed sugar. I won't sugar. juice it. No, no, I won't have juice. I won't have honey. I won't have anything that's a simple, you know, right. you know in, injection of sugar into my system. So it always has, you always have fiber with it. Essentially you eat the whole food. Exactly. Whole yeah. food. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, I would love to pick your brain a little bit about that in terms of the, the veganism piece, right? And the vegetarianism. And you've done, so you've done endurance training under an omnivore diet and you've done it under a vegan diet. Oh, hell, I've done it under a paleo diet. I've uh, done it. All of it. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, you, I've so tried you did, keto. Right. I love to play, right? It's right. Exploration. Very cool. Well, that's great because I think personally, I. When I'm working with people, regardless, you know, like the areas that I'm working with people in, whether it's, you know, lifestyle, stress reduction, blah, 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 like all the things that I'm walking them through. One of the things that I'm always kind of bringing back to is that people are like, what should I do? And and a lot of it, you know, the guidance is like, you have to really try some things and just see what resonates for your body. And I think that's experience is one of the best, you know, teachers (laughs) in the larger context is just that you've got to try these things to actually know because it's all theory otherwise, right? Theory sounds great. The keto totally works, right? It sounds amazing. And it's like, doesn't work for some people. It totally works for others, like you said before. So when you, I've always been curious about this because I appreciate that you say everybody is different. I agree completely, uh, fully on that statement. And if you wouldn't mind describing it, like what your body feels like, um, 
you know, when you are eating meat and doing an event and you're doing, you know, the, the vegan, cause I have a, a framework the way I've, it's kind of like a, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just like speculating, but it seems like vegan would make sense in a way that if you're, if you're doing something that long and you're pushing your body that long and it seems like the lighter, more energetic foods, things that are not as heavy would actually kind of be the move or at least part of the time. Like it would be, that would, that's the way I've thought about it. But then I've heard other people saying, it's like, no, I need long standing. You know, people are nibbling on bacon when they run sometimes like I've heard. So yeah. What can you just kind of describe it at least like what it felt like inside your body to do, you know, vegan and then to do like meat eating within those races, I guess. So yeah, I feel lighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know that my body weight changes that much, but I, I feel lighter inside. Like I feel, right. I know my joints change. I know that I have more mobility when I'm vegan. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's the cheese. I don't know if it's, right. you know, whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, I feel more energized. There's something that slows me down when I I eat an omnivore diet, whether it be the meat or Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. You know, I'm trying to think because, as you know, my wife is a doctor of Chinese medicine, and Mm -hmm. so she was when when we started dating. I was kind of back to being an omnivore, and. She was like, yeah, I don't know how you would do that as a vegan because Chinese medicine, you know, you animal. Yeah, you they, know, keep, they keep it in the mix for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And, and she too has learned that, you know, I just respond differently than maybe most yeah. of her patients would respond. For sure. And, but I was trying to think within this question that, I did feel better when I started eating an omnivore diet as we were starting to date. But when I was vegan before that, I was a bachelor vegan who was having a lot of potato chips and <laughs> right. vegan junk food. And right. then I went to this, you know, this kind of like whole food omnivore. Of course, that's going to be better. Right. right. But now... Even though I, you know, I have my share of vegan junk food, but sure. now I can compare that to if I have a whole food omnivore diet with a whole food vegan diet. Any day of the week, I feel better on the vegan diet, mm-hmm. and that's me. Right. And and I don't push this on anybody. My children are omnivores. My, you know, it, yeah. That uh, I'll talk to people about it. I don't even think this is the right choice for everybody. I think right. it's the right choice for me. Yeah. And, Man, there's a ton of wisdom in that because, um, I mean, that carries a lot of truth. You know, just, I mean, you speaking about your body and your chemistry and how like you can just, especially putting your your body under that kind of stress and having like that as your litmus test, you know, like where you can actually say like, yeah, I've done it. You know, I've actually done right. it and can say this route actually considerably works better for my body than this other way. You know, that's, that's huge. That's um that's very interesting. And and I've wondered about that. And there are I mean that's pretty at least from the endurance people that I've talked to that are doing similar type things, there's quite a few people that are kind of like the vegetarian vegan types who feel mm-hmm. way better um 
And then I've also met the ones who are like, nope, got to have, you know, I just, I have to have some kind of, you know, animal product. And it's really interesting to see. It's just in the end, it's like people just listening to what their frame and their physical body exactly. needs to go through. It's interesting. It's very interesting. And, and I, you know, I listen to a lot of ultra running podcasts. I follow quite a few ultra runners and there are elite vegans and elite meat eaters, right? They right. are. Right. And there are people there just like, I don't care. I have potato chips and jelly beans <laughs> right, and, right. and I, I win bullshit. every time. You know? <laughs> You're like, oh, wonderful. Right? <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. What do you think? Um, or not what do you think? I, what do you what do you eat? I'm assuming you have to eat, right, when you're doing this, these races, right? You have to eat along, right. You have to eat along the way. So, do you eat and walk, or do you stop? What do you do? Like, how yeah, does whatever? How it does depends the on the race. I mean, if if it was a race that I really want to do a good time, I'd grab something and keep going. But if it's a social event that you're just out there mm-hmm. doing 50 miles with people, sometimes I stop. And I when I done the hundred milers, I actually would bring. Uh, there were a couple of courses that we did. One was like a four mile loop with this, these hills and, but they had like the aid station had a kitchen. So they wow. had, you know, outdoor kitchens. So they, I brought this vegan, uh, coconut curry mm. and I just, uh, that was just so sustaining. Oh, and it was, it, it was amazing. It was cold. It was November. <laughs> right. you know, there was frost on the ground. I'm like, yeah, give me that soup. Thanks for heating it up. Yeah. Oh, that's so, awesome. What do you, is, are there any staples in terms of dietary stuff that you take with you or that you eat consistently on these runs or these long endurance events? Well, the endurance events, I kind of give myself a pass. Um, if it's like a 50K, 50 miler, because you really just need food. Yes, right? calories. So whatever. You're not going to know. Sometimes they'll have potato chips. You want that salt. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll have Coke, and you're just like, give me a Coke. I'm telling this sucker. Right, right. And uh, I'll have pe- peanut butter and jelly. But mm-hmm. the stuff I bring for myself, I used to take uh, like bean burritos, just just beans and corn tortillas, mm-hmm. and, and just let them sit out where in the warm sun, and yeah. they'd like kind of just be warm when I grabbed them. Yeah. So it depends. I'm not a big like gel guy or somebody i don't yeah. like to eat a lot of bars like i like the goo right foods. like that that like yeah. liquidy sugary yeah. yeah what what i found and i i don't know if it's because i've become more fat fat adapted as i've been running more mm-hmm. but i don't feel like i need as much fuel for events that are a marathon or or less so mm. yeah, i didn't like i just did a half marathon well, I guess two and two and a half weeks ago, mm-hmm. when I was back visiting family in New York, and I had one bottle of water and and no food. I just like kind of oh shit, wow. Silly. And uh, I and I felt amazing. It was this nice long hilly half marathon. Wow. And I just like when I felt great afterwards. I was like, hey, this is great. That was yeah. yeah. Score. I don't want to say easy because it's, you know it wasn't sure. easy, but it felt much le- less effort than than it has felt in the past. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I've that's interesting you say that because I when I was eighteen, my dad um, when he was still alive, he took me to Ireland, and it was a biking trip for you know two weeks through Ireland, and you bike anywhere from thirty five to 
80 miles a day. Like it's just depending on the day and the terrain. And it's very beautiful though. Right? And you can get in a van at any time if you're tired. They, they'll pick up the bike for you. And it's, it's very cool. But I remember one of the guys, this guy named Kieran, who was probably mid-50s at the time, he was this skinny little wiry guy and he had been riding, you know, he just rode every day like this for, you know, throughout an entire season, you know, all summer, most of the fall. And he was always doing this and it was amazing how everyone on the trip, when when they would get up in the mornings, they would have these, all the Americans, right? We'd have these big breakfasts because everyone's like, I got to gear up for, you know, this like 35 to 80 miles of riding people are getting bacon and eggs, potatoes, orange juice. They're just, you know, croissants. They're just stuffing themselves basically just to have fuel for the day. And this guy every day, I mean, the guy would get up and he would just have, I mean, a slice of whole grain toast that was thick and like homemade with like a fat piece of butter and a cup of tea, you know, and maybe a few nuts. And he was, I mean, without question, he, I was always like, how do you do that? Like, how do you not eat food? And he's like, He's like, yeah, my body has just adapted. I really don't need much. You know, like it's just kind of, which I always found kind of remarkable. I mean, that floored me the entire trip for the two weeks. And it sounds like you're kind of saying the same thing, maybe that like you don't need as much food. Is that accurate as you're going through these? Well, as as your body becomes more aerobically fit, Mm -hmm. uh, it becomes, it, it taps into your body fat rather than your glycogen stores. Mm. Is so... But you're, you have enough fat. Anybody has enough fat on their body to, you know, fuel them for right many many miles. Right. And so obviously there's a mix going on. But more and more, especially the last year, I've seen that I go, I go out on my long runs on Sundays, and I don't take anything to eat. Wow. And I'll go anywhere from, you know, thirteen to twenty two miles, and. I don't need any fuel. I also, I've done it fasted where I've gone out and done those, but I like my old standby is always a bagel and a banana. And that would would be what I'd like just have. And that's (laughs) a that's a race morning breakfast. Right. Just simple, some carbs some fruit, go to the bathroom, get all that taken care of and then go, go to the starting line. And you said, just to be clear, you said you've done keto correct on I I tried keto yeah. so how it was that vegan keto or omnivore keto no by that vegan keto would be badass if you could really pull it off <laughs> yeah and people do it like there's there are vegan keto people who are like yeah. they swear by it but when you did the race you were doing meat eating keto or you were doing I've done a, I've done races where I've done I think the last 50 miler I think I was doing keto at the time and it was fine I mean it was but see I I can only eat so much bacon. I can only, <laughs> right, I, right. I, I've done this a few times before, right. right? Like just playing around. And so this last time that I was doing keto, I, I had a little bacon here and there. Mm-hmm. I'd have a lean piece of meat, but I really went for the yeah. kind of the avo and the nuts. And right. the, you know, that, that was where my, my primary fats were coming from. Uh-huh. Not so much the, the animal fats. Yeah. And you, and then, and you, your energy still stayed up during the race, like the, the event. It was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I think keto really lends itself well to being fat adapted. That's what, that's what right. keto is all about, right? right. You're yep. burning ketones and, and you're burning your body's natural fuel. Mm-hmm. But I don't think if, you know, I, I was, what was it? 
three or four months ago, I was looking through my email and I think it was the keto thing that like threw me because it yeah. was like, you couldn't look up keto without lose weight fast. Right. right? It's not, right. it's, it's not, it's a marketing gimmick. It's not even about health and it, and it, it for so many people, for right. so many to get real information. Well, if you get real information, you have to talk to somebody that was really doing it. Mm-hmm. You have to talk to somebody what, and what is your, your health like? Now, what are the long-term effects of keto? Mm-hmm. Can keto cure cancer? I don't know. If I had cancer, I'd probably try keto if I had a shot, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know that it, it sure. can. Some of, there's many, many right. facets to it. There's many logics to it. And then there's counterpoints to all of it. Sure. And so it's just a, it's an exploration. Where I have felt the worst in races is where I didn't limit my sugar. Uh-huh. So, what, so were you, eat, you eating lots of what? Or were you just like drinking? Oh, I love sugar, man. I just like, yeah. I, yeah, I just, you know, love it. I yeah. Love <laughs> chocolate. I love, yeah. you know, I love a cream soda. It's like one of my favorite drinks. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I love sugar. Juice. Mm-hmm. And sugar in my coffee, whatever. But You'll take it, right? I, right. But I... So those are the correlations I see. That's the one thing I know that if I take sugar out of my diet, I'm better. Yeah. Like it's night most, and day. Most people are. Like, I mean, I think that's pretty across the board. If processed sugar is definitely not your friend. And I'm not lactose intolerant by any means, mm-hmm. but if I take dairy out, I'm better. Yeah. And, and if I, I don't really, I haven't been limiting wheat lately because when a vegan, I'm like, okay, I'm already giving up. Yeah, right. these other things that I really like. So right, I'm right. having some Ezekiel bread, man. I'm, right, right. <laughs> I'm Ezekiel enjoy bread the shit out of this. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, you can't and throw the like towel on everything. <laughs> so, wow. Well, oh, man. So, Chad, if there were, you know, we've touched on kind of like diet, the stress the body goes through, the mindset and the upliftment that comes from. I guess just the endurance scene, right. And being physical with your body. But, you know, if there were like kind of like parting words to the audience or like a roundabout, um, I don't know, like idea theme or message that if you were to like give to people, maybe people aren't going to become endurance, you know, runners, but if you were to just kind of like summarize everything that you've experienced, like what's been the biggest takeaway from this process for you? Well, I've, I've gotten to do things I never thought I'd do in my life. Mm-hmm. Right, that I didn't even imagine doing, whether it be going uh, hiking Mount Whitney, you know, and just yeah, no, no, I've done that a couple times. Mm-hmm. To uh, going to some of you know to Humphreys in in Arizona, or I did I did rim to rim to rim in the Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. which is I don't know if that, that's become kind of a a cool thing to go do now. You I've know. heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, those are the things that, so you don't have to be an endurance athlete, but, but find something that maybe you never thought you'd do mm-hmm. and, and try it and make it small and then make it bigger. And it can be anything. It could be, you know, walking to the top of your, your local mountain with yeah. your family. Right. But it's, Whatever that reward is, because we are we are built on 
on reward, right? Yeah. We're humans, whether it be yeah. what we eat. It's all about eat, play, sex, right? It's like <laughs> those are our rewards. So yep. this is my, this is my play, mm-hmm. and and I yeah, I guess that would be my recommendation. To anybody is find find something to find passion in yeah. that's outside of the walls. Yeah. The, I like that, man. And, and and I think it's, um, it's a good message, you know, because I think, yeah, I mean, people find it in so many different ways, but I think, you know, whether it's, you know, I think the physicality and pushing our bodies are great. You know, some people, it's not their thing to do it that way, but if you can find it, right, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to incorporate. So I appreciate the message, man. And, um, I know that like ultra marathoning, this kind of stuff isn't like your, you know, your primary like epicenter of, of your life, but it's a huge piece. But do you have, you know, is there anything, um, you know, is there anything you want to share with the audience in terms of people that can track your progress? You know, if there's like a, you know, I know you, you don't have like a website for, you know, Chad Herondine running, do you, or something like that? No, no, I don't. I, I, I think like there's always uh, Strava, Mm -hmm. there's, um, Athlinks, which is uh, com, which is, you can find anybody's race results anywhere. So oh, if wow. you ever did a race, I can find your ass. <laughs> That's cool. That's good to know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there, there's stuff like that. I have a, a blog that I shared with you today. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really, I don't write in it much, but yeah. I, I kind of had fun writing it today. So I thought maybe I... I read, I, I got to get, peruse some of it. It was actually cool. I, I liked, um, I, I read a little bit about sort of your emotional process of, um, you know, I, I might butcher this a little bit, but you were talking about how you know, there's like that fear of, or I think you were talking about training, but not training enough to be like, you know, to, you kind of kept yourself in a, in a cool place. I, I liked you saying that it was very honest. You're like, yeah, if, oh, I, if okay. I don't train too much, then I can just kind of like sit back and do the race. But if I under train, it kind of keeps me in this place of not having to push as hard as I wanted to. But I thought that was really cool how you were talking about that. that yeah. Was, I shared that with, with Adriana tonight because it was it was honest it was it's very it was, honest yeah there's this this we we have we have we all have fears of failure right of course but, yeah but there's also those those fears of success which i didn't wasn't able to connect to very mm-hmm. easily like it's just a fear of success doesn't make sense to me yeah and then it was like oh wait yeah i kind of do yeah especially with in this success context, there's right? expectation right hell it's yes like, there is yeah and and so I think what I said is I'm an elite half-asser. Yeah. And yeah, I, I am yeah. really I'm really good at half-assing shit. And, yeah. and unfortunately, and fortunately, you know, I know myself. Um, so this is why I can actually step back and say, yeah, I don't have to be this guy today. Right. And yeah, I can you say I have four kids and a wonderful wife and a lot to do. And so maybe I'm not going to go out and run today but i can't continue to use that as an excuse every day of my life because what i do is i'm not being my authentic self i'm not giving right self um to my passion and my purpose because i think this is my purpose in in many ways yeah because our passions are our purpose agreed man i you know couldn't agree more so well, Chad, thank you so much, man, for just sharing your um, yeah your insights and the experience, and letting me just pick your brain about this stuff because I think for one, it's interesting just hearing about you know something that's foreign to me that you know like I'm not 
doing. But then I think the parallels that it has for our life and how we live and how it changes, right? Our psyche, our mindset, our spirit, I think is really important. And that was like a big piece of why I wanted to get you on here. So thank you for being willing to dive into it and just talk about it openly. It was, it was helpful. And it was, it was very cool to hear. Well, thank you. It was fun. Yeah. Well, um, Chad, thanks again, man. And, um, yeah, I appreciate your time. All right. Cheers. Take care. Bye.